We all right? Okay, good. Well, I'm going to ask Rachel to to share first, and then we'll uh, and uh, I'll take it from there. Pastor Eric asked us to share a little bit about our journey because our journey is unique and the way that that God has built our family is is unique. And so um, we just want to share a little bit about our journey. So um, in 2010, John and I became parents for the first time after being married for nearly 10 years. And some of those 10 years was filled with um, some some heartache in the waiting. Waiting can be hard, um, but in the end, you can see you can see the good in it, and you can see how God builds you and strengthens you in the waiting. So after quite some period of waiting, God added to our family in 2010 with Elisha and Cassia, who were born in Adama, Ethiopia. And even at that time, we knew that we weren't done. And even though we had our hands full, being parents of two instantly, we we knew that we weren't quite done, but we weren't sure exactly um, when or how the Lord was going to add to our family again. So um, in around Christmas of 2012, um, we were sitting at Christ Church Monroe for one of uh, the Christmas services, and our pastor was sharing from... um, from the Gospels, and he just mentioned offhandedly about Anna the prophetess. And it was one of those moments where the the name just jumped out at the page at me, and I heard the Lord say clearly, you will have a daughter, Anna. And it was so significant to me that I, I went home and wrote it in my journal. And then, and I at that time, I thought, I'm just going to hold this in my heart. I'm not even going to tell John. I'm just going to Hold on to it and see what the Lord does with it. Well, the next day, John said to me, Rachel, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this, but yesterday during the service, God told me that we were going to have a daughter named Anna. (laughs) And I went, really? (laughs) Wow. So I, I showed him my journal, and we just rejoiced in the Lord for his miraculous way of speaking to us. And, and so, um, so then we, we didn't know exactly where to go from there, so we just held on to that. Well, a few months later, we, um, we started speaking with our agency, our adoption agency, about if there were any babies available in their orf- the orphanage that they have there. And, and they did have some babies that were available. That, were available. that means they were, um, their paperwork was ready to be matched with a family. And... But we needed a pretty good chunk of money in order to start the process. The, the day after I talked with the, our agency, um, some inheritance money that we had been waiting on for nearly a year from my aunt, we had, there'd been a lot of red tape and we were waiting for that money to be released. And it, I got a call from the lawyer the next day that said, um, the money be, has been released and we're writing a check and sending it to you and your brother tomorrow. And so just these series of things that kept happening hand in hand, we knew it was God's timing. So we called our agency back and said, let's start the process. And, and then uh, that was in around the spring of 2013. And, 
and then in the fall of 2013 is when we first um, we first met our Anna online via, via pictures. And um, international adoption is rather unique because you you do all of your paperwork, and then when you're paper ready, then your agency says gives you a password to their waiting children's list, and then you you look on there and and you you ask if you're a Christian, you ask the Lord which baby of these is ours. And so um, again, God God is just so um, faithful to bring confirmation after confirmation. And so when it we were um, given clearance to look at the, the, that list. I looked at it first when John was at work, and little Anna popped out at me, and I knew she was ours. And it's, it's, it's remarkable how that happens, just from one photograph, and you just know that is my child. Well, John had to agree, so... Um, that night, I, I showed John the webpage and said, okay, you just pray, and, and hopefully God speaks to us the same, per, the same little girl. And, of course, he, he only looked at the page for a few minutes, and he said, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's, it's this little Hannah. She is our, she's our girl. And so um, that was in, uh, I think, October of 2013. We, we first went to Ethiopia in uh, April of this year to meet her, and then we went back in June to bring her home. And she was 18 months old when we flew home with her in June, and she she is now a very spunky, precocious. <laughs> very, and she's very she's very affectionate. We just adore her, and. Um, she loves to give kisses and hugs, and, and, um, and she adores her big brother and sister, too. I think I could go on and on, but I, I would like to end by just saying that our hope and desire is that our family is a picture of how God restores, and he, he turns your heartache and your, he turns your ashes into something beautiful, and God we like to say that God took our heartache of being childless and their tragic um, need for a family, and he brought us together and made us a family. And that's our testimony, and we hope that, that our family is a picture of that. I just wanted to, uh, to read this. This is out of Isaiah 43. I'm going to try to read it. <laughs> Uh, this is out of this is verse five and six. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east. The Lord, the Lord just gave this to Rachel and I. Uh, bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And we, that's a verse that the Lord just sovereignly gave us. And through the, uh, you want to take it You know, I'll say this and give it to, to Pastor Eric. For, I want to be good with his time. Uh, 
the Lord, the Lord really spoke to us during the, during this time in regards to adoption. People, uh, you know, would come up to us and they would say, say, John, what a, what a wonderful thing. And Rach, what a wonderful thing it is for you to, for you to rescue, um, you know, these, these, our children. And the Lord just so spoke to me. He said, John, you got it all wrong. They're going to rescue you. And that's been the absolute truth. They're just going to say it ever so quickly. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 100, verse 5. How are we doing? We on here? Okay, good. Well, we have a wonderful uh, plaque here just to present uh, this beautiful woodcut out here. Anna Ruth Hanna Nystrand, dedicated to God, January 24th, 2015. May Anna grow to be a woman who recognizes the Spirit of God just as Anna the prophetess did. May she proclaim the truth of the gospel in grace and mercy throughout every season of her life. So we want to give that to you guys. Now we're going to try this and see. We tried a little test run before. People were placing bets whether or not she was going to let me hold her. So older ones, you never know. So we'll see how this goes. Come here, sweetie pie. Yep. Okay. You know what? Why don't you guys step up here? Step up here. Um, one thing that's that's really key that we love to do here is we dedicate parents. Children, once they grow, we don't um, we don't you know dip children or sprinkle them or anything like that. We believe that each person has to make a choice to follow Christ, and that they'll do that at some point in their life as the Holy Spirit draws them. And so we like as well as dedicating the children, we love to dedicate our parents. Uh, to this process. And uh, so, Lord Jesus, we just commit this little one to you, Anna. Lord, you have taken her from a very far distance, and you've brought her here. And I believe all of these kids, um, both to be rescued, but to rescue. And that just as she reached for that microphone, Holy Spirit, It's no coincidence her name, the identity that you're speaking over her. Because she is a voice. She is a voice that you're going to use in her generation. You're putting a story and a testimony in this family. You're going to to raise them up as an example of the beauty of your adoption of us as your sons and daughters. And how you take us, you rescue us, Amazing Rescuer Jesus. And her name, Anna, is the root of Hannah or Hannah. And I just, when I saw that earlier uh, this week, I just still heard the Lord say, I'm giving you a double portion of compassion and mercy for those that you come across. You ready for me to hold you? 
a double portion anointing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Compassion, mercy for your generation. Amen. 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 Yay. Good girl. Amen. We love you guys. Something here I just couldn't let pass either is that uh, the third week, third weekend of of uh, January is has been established as the Sanctity of Human Life weekend, and uh, that's this week. And so we want to recognize that here. And I just want to make a, a few statements on the heels of uh, this baby dedication. And we we believe as followers of Christ that that every human being uh, has an immense value because we are made in the image of Christ. We're made in the image of God. And that is so significant, so significant, that reality in our culture and in our world. Human life has inherent sacred attributes and should be respected and protected at all times. And really often what this weekend represents, because there were... Um, you know, presidents, I think, believe starting with Reagan, who established the Sanctity of Human Life weekend. Um, but um, to really make a statement concerning the unborn and to call awareness, to call to action, to protect the lives of the unborn. And uh, But it's... Not just life of the unborn, but life in every stage of this life. The elderly, um, the, the young, no matter what stage of life, human, those who are caught in human trafficking, whatever it would be, violence, abuse, oppression, we want to be those who get in the way. That's what Jesus did. He got in the way. He didn't stand by and let something happen to humanity. He got in the way. And that's why there is difference. That's why there is change in our nation when the church rises up, when the church wakes up, and we get in the way of laws like Roe v. Wade and different ones. By the way, Washington State, even before Roe v. Wade was enacted, passed and legalized abortion. You wonder why God is coming to this region. He is coming to reverse a curse that has been placed on this nation, but it has started here. And it has been prophesied many times that this revival, this redemption, this restoration is going to start in this region. Amen. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the body of Christ that gets in the way in this time in history as we're to be. But... There's, it's important that we understand as well that the sanctity of life is the foundation, but love is the motivation. And Jesus summed it up in this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And Mark says, with all of your strength. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
we show our love of God by the way that we love others and the way that we value life. Amen. Would you stand with me real quick? We just want to join a cross here. I just want us to join hands. And uh, we're, we want to pray. God, we're lifting our voice with You that You would come and that You would waken Your church once again. That these things would end. We would not look to a politician, but that we would look to ourselves to be the answer to our own prayers. God, the answer to Your desires, the answer to Your will being established in the earth today. Call us as Your people who are followers of You to action. Jesus, You got in the way Call your church to get in the way and to begin to reverse this curse that has come on our, na- on our nation. Because good men and good women have stood by and allowed these things to happen. We say, God, call us to action. Call us to action that this would no longer continue. Unite your body. Unite the church to become who you saw in your heart from the beginning of time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, we're going we're gonna to start something uh, this evening, and I just have a few minutes to be able to touch on it, which is great. Next week, we've got our, our uh, family business meeting, our church business meeting, which is going to follow uh, after the service next week. But um, tonight, I just wanted to kind of crack open this discussion um, regarding um, forming relationships in a marriage series that we want to enter into. It's, gonna, it's great. There's going to be a number of contributors to this. We're going to have panels at different times uh, in the evenings. And so it's going to be wonderful. As we go along the way, though, uh, I really want to encourage each and every one of us, no matter how young, how old, to really, as we sang, open up our hearts. That is our cry, that every heart, every mind would be opened. I want you to stick out your toes. Stick out your toes. Just put them out in front of you. Because they're probably going to get stepped on at some point. What one time or another, they're going to get stepped on. That's okay, though. Because that's... At times, Holy Spirit needs to do that in order to help get our attention or shift our focus or help us think the way that He thinks. This, there's a lot of common sense and experience and all those kinds of things out there, but this has to be our guiding light. It's God's Word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path that helps us see, gives us understanding, it gives us revelation. You go to the end of this story, and we see John, the Apostle. And he is seeing things that we could not see, that a human could not see, apart from God's ability to show him what it was that he was seeing. Literally, I remember Dudley Hall years ago, I think it was him, where he talked about going, being caught up in the Spirit. Basically, kind of like the atmosphere, and he's being taken up into the Spirit and able to see things that are beyond this time and space. It's important that we understand something. We are limited to time and space as human beings. 
We are finite. God is infinite. He is not limited to time and space. God literally sees our lives, born, living, and past, all at the same time. He doesn't read books, if you will, one page at a time like we do. I wonder what's going to happen next. God sees the entire story, His story, history, all at one time as now. It's important if we can get that, if we can see that and live with that revelation and understanding, it's really cha- it really changes things. How we think, how we live. In this area of forming relationships, the thing that I want to hit on just briefly and we'll pick it up again in February is that preparation determines destination. Preparation determines destination. We all have preparation in our life. We all have been preparing, no matter how young, how old. We all have made choices. Our choices along the way have been part of our preparation. Anybody here made any bad choices in life? If you don't, you need to exit. Liars to the back, please. That's right. We've all made wrong choices. That's where God comes in. This thing, marriage, there's science to it. Lisa got up and she started talking about a a quip. A quiff. Yeah. Something happens. It's, It's something in the Spirit where... God's intention and His will comes together with time and space and things happen. We've all experienced those things before. Marriage is both science, but it's art. It's both great work and it's great pleasure. Some entering marriage, they, you know, they just kind of go in hoping that things are just going to turn out. How many have seen people go into marriage just like, well, here we go. You know, that's kind of the attitude. But nothing happens for no reason. Anybody ever heard that before? A very wise man once told me that and told many of us that too. Nothing happens for no reason. There's a reason. There's natural law in our universe called cause and effect. God calls it sowing and reaping. And He backs up His laws. When we make choices, good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. There's a reason why some marriages suffer and eventually end and others do not. It's not always necessarily the choice of both people involved. But it certainly affects those two people and it affects others greatly who are connected with them. Can I get a witness? Indeed. There's a reason why a structure stands the test of time through all the storms, the shaking and the quaking, and some do not. Why is that? This structure right here was built with something in mind to be able to enable people to gather. It had a purpose. There was certain preparation that went into that purpose and that plan and that vision. 
There were inspectors who came along and inspected things. I know, because we built a house, you know, some seven years ago now, and every step of the way we had to have inspectors who helped us to determine whether or not as we built level upon level, precept upon precept, statute upon statute, right, as the Psalms talk about, that this thing was going to be able to hold the finished product. It was going to be able to endure. I remember as they put our, our house is, is three stories. My, my mom lives below our, our um, two stories. And, you know, it's kind of a, there wasn't much of a, there wasn't much of a footprint there. And so we had to, we had to kind of build up, not necessarily out. It's not your sprawling rambler. I remember the braces, I can still see them in my mind, connected to the studs. And they were, they said that the inspector said, and he came in, he's like, wow. A lot of preparation went into this. Do you know that this will withstand a 10.3 earthquake? I said, I did not know that. (laughs) That is really good to know because I hear we live in an area where stuff tends to shake and everybody's waiting for the big one. Well, when we get into relationships, they have a tendency to shake, don't they? Their tendency, there's a tendency to, to quake at times. There are storms that come against that. I, how many of you have been downtown Seattle or anywhere? And you, you've seen, of course you have, most of you have been down there. But have you ever seen when they start building a massive structure, a skyscraper, something like that? You, you guys know what I'm talking about? What, what's, what's the first thing that happens? You dig deep. You dig really deep. You get, get, get down to the roots. What's really here? Relationships shouldn't be any different. With inspectors coming along all along the way. Okay? Back here, Kevin Bradford, just out of the military, and he's, he's working now uh, with his dad and his brother at, at uh, Skanska. Is it Skanska or Skanska? Okay, Skanska. Okay? They, they're doing this stuff all the time. There's certain codes that you have to meet. Isn't it interesting in the preparation process, if we had that level of inspection and codes that we had to meet and and all that, I wonder if marriages would last a little bit longer, that they might be stronger if we had more evaluations along the way. We had deeper digging in the initial stages to figure out if the soil's even good enough to build on. I think that might help us. What goes up next? Probably not the next step, but the foundation goes in. Oh my word, the amount of concrete that you've got to back pour into these things. And man, uh, Gary, Larry Corslin. He could tell you a few things. He dumped a little concrete in his day. And what's necessary to to make those things solid so that they're not going to break when the shaking happens. I was told at one point 
that there is as much space needle under the ground as there is above the ground. You've got this spire that's going right up into the stratosphere. You've got to have a solid foundation in the wind. Anybody been up there when it's been windy, when that thing's swinging a little bit? Okay, Rick, yeah. That's intense. Anybody been in a relationship before when that puppy's swinging? Okay. That's intense. Any structure that stands and endures does does so for a reason. Strong marriages are no different. Strong marriages are no different. And God's in the business of building strong marriages. And there's something called blueprints. There's something called plans. And if we build according to God's Word, He says that we're going to get His kind of strength. But if we choose to build our own way, we're going to miss it. Are we building our relationships both in our preparation and our marriages? Are we taking our direction from God and His Word? It's not just a matter of you know, following the letter of the law. This is about a life and a relationship. That's why Jesus didn't say, come and follow these Ten Commandments. What did He say? Come and follow me. Come and follow me. When does preparation begin? Right out of the gate. It's already begun for Graham and Katie and their little one. They're holding there in their arms. It's already begun for her even at that age. Preparation begins at birth. When does covenant begin? When does covenant begin? And this is something we're really going to get into as we continue to lay this foundation. When does covenant begin? Covenant begins with Christ. Covenant begins with Christ. Covenant-mindedness, thinking in a covenantal way. The only foundation that we have is God in His Word. Every part of our lives must be built on God's Word in relationship with Him. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. If we build God's way, we get God's results. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on what? It's built on the rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. I think most people have sung that children's song at some point. 
somehow it seems to get lost at different times though along the way. We might be thinking, you know, I, I, I think God has certain things to say about this and that, but I think I'm going to go solo on this one. I think I've got this. And He calls us continually back to Him and His Word. Psalm 19, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to You, my God, my rock, and my Redeemer. I'm only going to have His words if I have His words in me. They're only going to come out if they're, if they're in me. Our focus oftentimes is finding the right person when it comes to forming relationships. Instead of what I believe Scripture focuses on, which is us becoming the right person. We're looking, is it, is it could it be Him? He's pretty good looking. Could it be her? Maybe it's this person and that person. And he's saying, no, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back and I'm calling you, each of you individually, come and follow me. Come and follow me. There are many different ways in which to prepare for marriage. There's a certain set of biblical principles, though, that are tried and true. They've been tested over time. Not only that, but they've come out of the heart of God. They've come out of the heart of God. I'm not necessarily talking about mandates, though some of them are. But there's these principles that we have that help us walk through and navigate this thing called forming relationships. I'm excited about going on this journey together. Before we go into those things, I believe that the Lord wanted to say something to us. And I want to close with my introduction. We need to make a few statements because we've, we've all got to get on the same level playing field. That is around the issue of forming relationships and marriage. There is, there has been, is a great deal of disappointment and discouragement. There are some heavy, heavy burdens. I believe that, Veronica, you, you are right on in terms of what the Lord was speaking to us tonight. And I, I don't believe the timing was um, any coincidence. perhaps still unmarried, still waiting. It could be very discouraging. I'm this age, and I, I so thought that if it was going to happen, it was going to happen at this time. Though life is full of disappointments, each opportunity God is saying for us to deepen our trust. Oh, that's easy for you to say, Eric. You're married. You have five kids. Seems to be going well for you. Trusting God. I believe He wants to come. I just want you, He wants to let you know He hears your heart. The discouragement, some disillusionment, 
The other thing I believe that the Lord wants to speak to, wants to gently come to those that may have married with a wrong foundation. As you think about those analogies of the building and you go back to wow, we we didn't do it right. We didn't dig out what we should have. We didn't lay the proper foundation. We didn't have the right inspectors that were coming along the way and helping us walk through. You might say, "I, I didn't have a pastor. I didn't even have Jesus. Covenant begins with Christ. Covenant begins with Christ. Married with the wrong foundation. Notice I didn't say married to the wrong person. If you're married, you're married to the right person. Holy Spirit, right now, deep, deep, beyond words, beyond even our understanding, we just say we will not be anxious about anything anymore, but in all things, by prayer and thanksgiving, make our requests known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard every heart and every mind in Christ Jesus. Every heart and every mind in Christ Jesus. The blood covering memories, the blood of Jesus covering wrongs and sin. Praise God. Praise God. He is a God of redemption. I want to say as well that forgiveness is yours. In Jesus, forgiveness is ours. Amen? Amen. Amen. Not just those aren't just nice words. That is truth. That is truth. When it comes to forgiveness, there is no one better than God. He is so tenacious. He, he goes after us. I'm waiting to forgive. I'm just, you know, he, 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 what does He do? He forgives us. And He says, I forget those things. Like as far as the east and from the, is from the west. I forgive I forgive. The struggle really comes with us receiving His forgiveness. There's nothing in Scripture that talks about forgiving self. The issue is we have such a difficult time believing that Jesus could forgive us for that. For that. But even that, there is nothing. Forgiveness for wrong choices that we've made in regards to sexuality and relationships. This world is full of broken people. And I don't believe that this room, if you're like me, is any different. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Can you stand with me? I just want to sing this as we close, just as...
just a declaration to our own hearts. First John 1 says, If we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every sin. Every sin. He is just. He is faithful. If we confess... not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the Maker of Heaven. And I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the Maker of Heaven. I lean not on my own understanding. Present our life to you, Lord. Is in the hands of the maker of heaven. I give it all. I give it all to you, God. Trusting that you make something beautiful out of me. I give it all to you, God. Trusting that you